Hello and welcome to the Embodied Business Women podcast. My name's Tamara Northam. I'm a boss-ass business coach, solopreneur, and mama to one wild boy. Join me while I speak with pioneers of the present who embody their message. My mission is to bridge the gap between the masculine pillars of business and the feminine flow of life to empower you to step into your leadership in your life. You will hear from experts on everything from business strategy to clearing trauma and energetic blocks. So open your ears and your heart while my incredible guests and I take you through topics that will leave you laughing, crying, feeling triggered and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the Embodied Business Women's Podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Northam, and today I've got with me the beautiful Nikki Ayres. She's a mental health advocate, alignment coach, and founder of Arawa Retreats, which are hosted in Australia and Bali. Thank you so much for having a chat with me today, Nikki. Hey, (laughs) let's do this. Um, Firstly, I would love to know, what is an embody? What is an alignment coach? Mm. So I help people get into vibrational alignment in their life and in their business, mm-hmm. in their heart-centered business. So I really like to work with other coaches um, and other people who are doing work in the world that is for the greater good of humanity and making an impact. But we can't make the biggest impact if we're like vibrationally at you know, a lower level of like, we're in our shame, we're in our guilt, we're in like our funk. Mm -hmm. And what can we do personally to shift that so we can be in that state of feeling really good Mm -hmm. and impacting others as well. Mm -hmm. So that's like in a sense of what I do as an alignment coach, but not just working with women in business, but also working with women who are just wanting to feel overall happy, healthy, vibrant, and manifesting the life that they truly desire. I love that. Just how you describe that just sounds so delicious because, you know, you hear it all the time. There's so many coaches out there and everyone has their own value that they bring to the world, but you... I have so much respect for you because you just totally actually embody what you do. You don't just talk about it. You don't just preach it. You don't just practice it when it feels good, but you actually live it. Like mm. in, in, so for anyone who's listening, Nikki and I met probably about 18 months ago, nearly two years ago at a workshop that we both attended. And, and we were in the same group yeah. as well, out of 115 people. Yeah. In the same group. Um, so I feel like we got to know each other pretty well over those few days and the transition and the growth that I've witnessed you have since that time. And maybe it is an element as well because I didn't really know you before then Mm. either, but the the quantum leaps that I've seen you make in your own personal life and spread not only for yourself, but you plant seeds everywhere you go as well. And this, this impact, this trail of impact that you leave behind you is so prominent. And it's like, you'd have to be blind not to see the impact that you're creating on your Mm. community and the people around you. Um, just by you being you. And I think like when you explain what an alignment coach means, I see you like, you know, dancing with your hula hoop and, you know, having that playful mentality with people and giving people permission to, to, I like what you were saying, express their shame, express their guilt and have fun and do things that bring them joy and express love whenever and however they can. And it's just really beautiful. I just, 
I love it. I love it. I get so excited every single time I have a new client and I'm like, Hey, tell me your vision. Like as a coach, what, what, what is the kind of work that you want to do in the world? And then they're like, I want to be like, um, a divine feminine coach. I'm like, Oh yes. Juicy, (laughs) juicy. Now are you like the embodiment of that for yourself? If not, why? And let's like go there. And so when you work with me, there's an element of like, I'm like, I will be, coaching you you'll be coaching yourself like you're your number one client you'll become the embodiment of the coach that you wish to be and then you leave Mm -hmm. so it's like these beautiful pillars that we get to um and yeah i i give people the ingredients of like what it would be and look like to to be in that role of of having it all yeah but they have to like take that ingredient every day (laughs) and like have it running through their cells yeah so they can offer that to the world and make the biggest impact because you can so see like very clearly when someone is just saying something, but it's not aligned with their actions. It's like, Oh, they're saying this one thing, but like what I'm feeling from them is completely different. And that's when that embodiment is not like fully embodied. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I just get so excited seeing the transformation of my clients going from like them just dipping the toe into what they want to do and then completely diving head first in yeah. and being it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And I can totally relate. You know, I've, I've been there personally. We have these intentions, but you know, there have been times in my life where I'm not embodying what I'm teaching. I know when I was um, running my gyms a few years ago, I had a big client base of um, mums and uh, women and mums primarily is who I was working with. And a lot of the things that I was sharing with them and teaching them, yes, it was, it was adding value to their life, but because it was something that I was still working on, it was something that I hadn't fully grasped and embodied yet, it was picked up on by them. You know, maybe they didn't realize consciously, but subconsciously they're not going to follow me because I'm not, I'm not being a true leader in that Mm. sense. You know, there are, there are two types of leaders. It's leaders that want to lead so that people follow them. And then leaders that lead just by being themselves. Yes. And when you're living and breathing the thing that you teach and the thing that you you know, your medicine to the world, if you um, want to say that, when you're living and breathing it, people are like magnetized towards you. You don't need to try to be a leader because it's just innately what you are. How percent. Yeah. I love what Yogi Bhajan said. He goes, I'm not here to create disciples. I'm going to say how I would say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to create um, followers. I'm here to create leaders. Mm. And so that's what I really like to like come back to my intention for when I show up on Instagram, when I show up on stage, it's like, let's dismantle the pedestal that we're putting ourselves on the following that we have the X, Y, and Z, like let's come back to it. And we're actually giving people information for them to use in their own way. So they can go and lead instead of being like, follow Nikki, follow this, do what she's doing. Follow, follow, follow. It's not like, no, uh, like learn and then lead. Yes. And then that's how we create more impact in the world. Yes. And right now, even with this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking that, you know, there's, there's a misalignment with what you're doing, what you're saying and how you're showing up in the world, let that be your lesson. That's your feedback to constantly remind you that 
your never a finished product, you know, and even as Nikki and I talk, like, I don't, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm not perfect. <laughs> there are some days where I'm like, fuck this shit, like, have, yeah. have a terrible mentality, want to stay in bed and watch Netflix, and my human is okay with that, and I'm okay with that. It's, it's choosing to continually show up and not give up on the greater mission to lead when you're when the human parts of you come through and the imperfection wants to come through because you're never going to get it perfect. You're never because gonna... being a leader and leading in love also means honouring the shit that we don't actually want to face off with. Yeah. So honouring our anger mm. and not disguising it for sadness or bypassing it and then turning straight to love and, and an affirmation. It's like, <laughs> let's really just like go there and um, yeah, transmute that anger out. Like, it's leadership isn't always a, a beautiful fairy tale no. it's very confronting and we learn so much mm. yeah. yeah so if that is something if you're listening to this and, and leadership is something that you're leaning into in your life right now what what would you what advice would you give someone that's wanting to lead into leadership right now lean into leadership is like number one is tune in to your purest intention mm-hmm. of what does it feel like for you or what does it look like for you to lead? Mm-hmm. So universe, what would you have me do? What would you have me say? How would you have me be? What would you have me wear? Mm-hmm. Instead of always outward looking for like external cues. Oh, I should be doing it this way or this person's doing it this way. I might copy because, mm-hmm. you know, there is only one Nikki Ayers. There's only one you. We can't duplicate ourselves and mimic other people you'll be doing a disservice to the world if you're not anything but yourself. Mm -hmm. So I would just put hands on heart, eyes closed and tune in and be like, universe, God, angels, show me where you need me to lead Mm -hmm. and then trust that guidance and then just start. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to add to that and say, when you do have your hands on your heart and when you're asking those questions, follow it up with, it's okay to fuck this up. It's okay to get it wrong. It's okay to make mistakes Mm. because, you know, every single person that you pedestal, they are only where they are because they've been willing to fuck it up. They've been willing to be wrong. They've been willing to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing and learn from um, from those actions because that's how you truly find, like, you're not going to find what's, really for you if you don't do anything at all exactly and I always feel like looking looking in the past like seven years of me being in this business I every single time I've excelled has been after I've failed Mm. or not necessarily using the word failed but after a growing pain or after something that's been really uncomfortable that I felt like I would never be able to do this work again around the other bend I saw the light and then I had one of my biggest growths. Mm. And so when we're working for ourselves, we are tested when, you know, challenges arise. That is when we realize, hmm, is this really our dream or is this just something that I'm doing because I'm pleasing my ego yeah. and the people around us? Because if it's really your dream, you'll never give up on your dream. Yeah. because it's not always going to be like easy it's going to be really challenging but it's worth it because of the the intention and the big um 
like the vision and your why of mm. why you're showing up mm. and how it feels. I don't know if like for you, Tam, but like when after I like, get off a call, like with a client or like even after this podcast, like when you, when you do podcasts, like how do you feel? I after? feel so energized and so alive and I'm like, woo! Go smash the day. Yeah. yeah. And like how awesome is that? How like our work gives us energy because I feel the same way. But I remember working in public relations nine to five and at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm drained. Like, yes. how am I doing this? Yes. But I'll work like seven hours over the day and just like, just so I'm filled up. Yeah. Because I feel like the work that we get to do when it's coming from a place. And that could even be like, I've seen the happiest lollipop man. <laughs> and honestly, he's filled up from his work because he, he, it's coming from joy. Yeah. So when we're coming from a place of like, I'm being of service mm -hmm. and it's giving me joy and it's giving others joy, then yeah. it's actually going to serve you and bring you like, yeah, more of that beautiful organic flow. Yes. Yes. I heard this concept last night and it's just like, it's clicked something for me. And I honestly think that I'm probably going to repeat this for the rest of my life now, but uh, just before I say it, I just want you to all just open your mind. It may sound a little bit woo-woo if you're not into, you know, energies and spirituality and frequencies. However, there is so much validity behind what I'm going to say, both scientifically and evidence-based. But when someone, like energy, you cannot destroy energy. So everything only transforms the form that it presents itself in you know water you try and boil water what does it then become it becomes steam you know you have a tree you burn a tree what does it then become it becomes ash you can't actually destroy matter or destroy energy it just transforms so when you think about that you look at the whole world you look at this massive planet that we're standing upon there is so much energy just just around us just being not even being generated and like being transformed just being just mm. existing around us so when you're living life in your highest alignment and when you're doing things that are really just feel really good feel like they they come from a place of joy they create joy they create happiness they create love you're you're raising your vibration and the earth's frequency feels that so what mother nature does what mama earth does is she's going to redirect energy towards you because she sees okay this person over here they're living you know a high vibing life i'm going to give them more fuel more energy because they're doing more on the surface so i'm going to give them more fuel so that they can do more things more fuel for their vehicle so the more you're in alignment in your life the more mama mama earth mama nature the earth, she's going to send energy through you, vibrate it through the ground, into your feet, into your body, so that you can then transform that energy into the things that you create in your business, in the love that you create with your family, in um, the connections that you create with your, within your relationships and within your community. And yeah, just mm. that just like hit home for me when I heard that. I was like, yes, like, that's why after I get off a call, I feel so energized because mother nature's going, oh yeah, she's doing her thing over there. She's impacting people. She's, you know, being of service to this world. Mm. Let's give her some more juice so that she can keep doing her thing. Yes. Whereas when you're feeling, when you're, you're using your energy to do things that don't feel good, that feel yucky, it, it's just going to deplete you. There's no, um, you know, you're not refueling. Yeah. So to speak. It's not coming from source energy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, I love that analogy. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, I would love to chat to you about your retreats. And so you've been running retreats in Australia and Bali now for six years. Yeah. And they're, they're a, um, an element of your business as well as your mm-hmm. coaching. And also what I want to bring into this space right now is that you have had, um, so oh, we won't ever use the word suffering because no, no one suffers, mm-hmm. but, you know, suffering is a choice. We're not given something mm-hmm. to... Um, that creates a circumstance upon us, but you have been living with bipolar. Mm. So talk me through how navigating that and creating this business and being of service to people has brought you to where you are now in your business. Yeah. Um, I love that you didn't use the word suffering because I feel like I've been thriving Mm, and it's interesting because I feel like I've been thriving ever since the diagnosis. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, doctors. Like it was, and the thing is what what I've learned is when someone diagnoses you with anything, Mm -hmm. it's not something that you own. So for me personally, I don't have bipolar, Mm -hmm. but I'm prone to it. If I'm not in alignment, I don't look after myself and my health and my happiness. Mm -hmm. However, with a characteristic of bipolar, the, the type of person that it's prone to are creatives, um, our visionaries, our artists. Um, so we're just very, yeah, like beautiful dreamers. So there's people like there's um, Demi Lovato, there's Russell Brand, there's Kanye West. <coughs> All these people have brilliant minds. And when it's harnessed um, and really, yeah, like it's managed Mm -hmm. then we can transmute those creations to the world really powerfully because our minds work in such a unique way Mm um what a gift it's such a gift Mm -hmm. and there's actually been a study um i think it was in 2015 they interview people who have bipolar and they ask them if they were if it was taken away would they and i think it was like 75 percent plus said no Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, it's a hell no. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't live with bipolar, um, it's not something that is consumed my day, my weeks, my years. It's a situational thing that if I am stressed, tired, long periods of time without sleep, I'll fall into what's called a manic episode. Um, and then from that, if it's not, not looked after, then there'll be a depression episode um so these are all things that because everything that i've created in my in my business has been a past it's for a past version of myself hence why i'm an alignment coach because for me being in alignment is vital mm-hmm. like it's you know it's what i have to do mm-hmm. um so i feel really empowered to also share my tools and techniques to other people mm-hmm. So, yeah, back in 2014, um, I was given that diagnosis after a really big slump. I ended up in hospital. I'd never had any depression or anything like that. I was doing my health coaching certificate at IIM. Um, I was doing my yoga teacher training. It was like 12 hours every Sunday. And you can imagine meditating hours on end a lot 
comes up. Mm -hmm. I was going through a breakup at the same time with a partner that I was with for five years. Um, and because I went from like fashion PR, wearing little black dresses and heels everywhere to then being like a yogi wanting to do health coaching, my friends were just a little bit confused of the transition and who I was. So I felt like I lost a lot of friends or no one understood me. Mm -hmm. So I fell into a pretty deep depression and it happened really instantly. Um, within like a week, like I was all happy and all of a sudden I hit depression and I wanted to like not be here in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up in hospital. They gave me this diagnosis and the doctor said, um, after I filled out my outpatient form, you had to put in what you wanted to do in the world and like what your, your, your career path, what's your next steps when you left, left hospital. And I put in that um, my 12-month plan would be I'd run my first international retreat in Bali, run one in Australia, um, coach like four people a month. And I was like, that's really like doable. And I had all these goals. And he looked at all the goals and he was like, someone like you, <laughs> like I remember like someone like you um, won't be able to even travel the world, like travel to Bali alone. Like you'll need to be escorted. You won't be able to run retreats. You should definitely not be a, like be allowed to like health coach people and just like restriction after restriction. He also said, and it's going to be really hard for you to ever fall in love again. And that was like <gasps> the, that was the big hard thing. Yeah. And um, though those beliefs, like I digested pretty quickly to be true. Mm -hmm. And there was ones that like I unraveled, but under the surface, they were, they were kind of still there. So when I came out of hospital, it was like, I was like proving something to the world. Like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be above this. And I got to work and I got to work and not just the like running the retreats and coaching, but I really wanted to be a stand for mental illness to be like, this is not okay for someone to put limitations on you mm -hmm. when like we are actually <coughs> infinite beings that we have the potential to shift um, our perspective our vision our frequency all of it mm. and so within six months I launched my first retreat with my friend Charlotte in Sydney um, and then nine months later I launched my first Bali retreat mm. and then a year later I came back and I had just launched my, um, I, I've been coaching and everything since that as well. And I did my first public speaking event with all these amazing speakers. And I had 250 people attending. And so the day before the event, I went to the hospital with these big, beautiful like sunflowers and a note to the doctor. Wow. And I walked in I, and in the note it said, thank you for believing, like for not believing me because I did. And like it gives me chills right now. Wow. So since then I've, um, I've run over about probably up to 30 retreats. Mm -hmm. I have coached thousands of women, multiple group coaches, one-on-ones, um, run multiple events. So it's, I feel really empowered to be like, okay, I was given these limitations and I could have taken, I was in a fork at the road. I could have been like, yep, I'm swallowing this. He told me to get a part-time job three days a week and be on bed rest. He's like, that's how bad your mental illness is. Um, and I know that not all doctors would give this advice to that label, but he did for me. And so this is, this is my experience. Yeah. And I could have so easily just said, yes, that's the route that I'm going to take for the rest of my life and I'll swallow that. But there was something so 
um, deep within me and my intuition spoke up and it was like, no, no, you get to leave. You get to choose another way. So I ran my own yoga studio as well for four years and that really kept me above the the water um, while I did my coaching and retreats and things like that. And now I've let a yoga go because it was the stepping stone. And now I literally just do this for a living. So I am um, so grateful for the path because without that massive speed hum, I would have not poured my entire heart because I feel like if we're always getting a yes, if the universe is always giving us a yes, we're not really learning the lessons that we need to learn. And then it becomes easy. Yeah. And the amount of people (coughs) that I have helped like shine the light on who have maybe had I I remember having a a woman being like I've been diagnosed for 15 years and it's something that I've never been able to tell anyone and now I just feel so liberated and I can do anything in the world and yeah it's not going to define me I'm like yes yeah so I feel like every like moment had led me to the right people um and obviously the work that I do in the world is an element to just raising awareness with all mental illnesses. Cause we speak a lot about depression and anxiety, but it's like, what about all the others that people are, it's so taboo. So borderline personality disorder, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, all the eating disorders. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, we are so unaware yeah. and we just need to come back into our compassion and allow people to be like, this is a, a life that we're currently choosing, but there's also another way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What comes through for me when you are explaining that is when, when you're saying you had the fork in the road and there was, you know, he was saying get a job three days a week and you'll be on bed rest. Now, I'm sure thousands of other people in the world have been given that same choice, that same opportunity of, okay, this is what your life could look like. When it boils down to it, what is like the, there's a quote that comes through for me, and that's what you're not changing, you're choosing. Mm. So for you to just take that advice and go, okay, this is my life now, you actually are choosing that. So mm. if you find yourself 5, 10, 15 years down the track, still in that same cycle of being on bed rest, still you know, only working three days a week, then there's, there's been an element of choice to that. You know, you've... you've accepted that as your reality and you've chosen to be okay with that yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and there's there it's just like every day at a time because the vision that I had was so big Mm. but what I needed to do was break it down and be like today what am I going to do to honor myself yeah and everything had to stem from the relationship with myself first Mm -hmm. before anything could really happen in my business yeah so like my mental health was my biggest priority yeah 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 beautiful that and like what I what I said a moment ago like if you're if you're listening to this and you've had experiences with um with any sort of mental health illness with any sort of issues around around any any mental health um any mental health problem Ask yourself every day, have I chosen this for myself today or am I choosing something different? Because, you know, this, you can still acknowledge, Nikki, that when you're tired, when you're stressed, 
when you haven't been honoring yourself, that those manic episodes still will and can come through. Mm. So that part, you know, when you choose to deprive yourself of sleep, you're then choosing to have that manic episode instead of choosing to look after yourself so that you can be more of a leader. Mm, Exactly. It has taught me like how to have radical boundaries as well, because I'm like, if I don't, and it's like that exercise that we did when we met each other, the spaceship exercise, which mm-hmm. I won't give too much away. <laughs> but it's like, who do we choose? Mm-hmm. Who are we putting in, in that seat? Yeah. And so that was that, that really hit home for me because I'm like, I need to always choose myself yeah. because I'm worthy of living. I'm worthy of being here. Mm-hmm. And externally, there's only so much that we can give out in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if that's so relevant for people, even if you don't have... You know, even if you aren't prone to um, having a mental illness, I, I feel like you have just been given this beautiful opportunity to be like, you have to choose yourself. You mm-hmm. have to have radical responsibility. But for people that aren't put in that position, that have lived their whole life not choosing themselves and, you know, it hasn't created any, anything destructive in their life, how, what advice would you give to those people that it's, they, they don't have to choose it, but maybe it's not creating their dream life for them. Maybe yeah. they're not happy. I feel like that. a lot of people are, uh, they can just opt for just numbness mm. and they opt in for like, I guess this is how life is. Yeah. And then you begin to experience, and especially if you're on the cusp of wanting to do self-development work and you're like oh what's the point like my life's pretty good it's like yeah but if you uncover like a few different layers then it gets to be fucking amazing yeah because what your normal is might be very abnormal for people like us who have done a lot of the work (laughs) um how we get to feel every day is our choice and what's stopping you from getting there is just yourself so my, my 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 biggest call to action would be just to like lean in to what feels uncomfortable because when we keep diving into what's uncomfortable then we're learning and we're growing yeah we're not growing if we're always doing the same thing we're always (coughs) staying in that numb state always just doing the bare minimum to make us feel good Mm -hmm. so get uncomfortable yes 100 percent. i think in that discomfort is where you experience the most amount of growth as well because you're you know all of your triggers and all of your traumas and everything that um, everything you do then shines a light on the areas where maybe you have insecurities or it shows you the areas that you get to work on. Yeah. Which is fun. Exactly. (laughs) It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing the, I've been doing the yoga retreats ever since 2015. Um, And yeah, I love them. They're like, I'm transitioning now from yoga more into like all different kind of uh, like a, like deeper work because mm-hmm. I feel like who I was in 2015 has completely changed now. And I think that every time that you grow your services and what you offer gets to pivot as well. Yes, 100%. So this is a really exciting time for me because Arrowa Retreats has been around for such a long time and it's now going to be upgraded into what how I really want to serve which is serving more leaders and inspiring more leaders to to also create an impact in the world um so yeah like I love I love the retreats I love the 
the coaching that I do. Um, yeah, it's all blessed. And I can't believe like I've been doing it for seven years now. Mm. Um, and I remember, and I tell a lot of people these days as well, because people have this idea like, oh, I want to start a business and I want to, like, I just want to start coaching. Like, I want to quit my job. I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. And like, realistically, I would always recommend people to have a bridging job mm -hmm. to support them mm -hmm. because we still need to support ourselves financially. Because if you're trying to create something and you quit your job and then you have no money coming in, the energy and what's going mm -hmm. to be injected into that job is just uh, maybe a lot of fear or maybe a little of like, shit, I need to do this right now. Yeah, just and scarcity. Yes, and, yes, and yes. Need, like you're almost like you need clients to say yes to you or you need customers to buy your thing because you know, that's how you're going to pay your bills. 100% yes. agree. If you're, you know, your energy, your energy, this is another quote that I heard recently and I was like, oh, yes, that feels good. Your energy as a business owner is your greatest asset. Not how much money you've got in the bank, not the, you know, the lessons and the learnings and the teachings and the trainings that you've taken and all the modalities that you're in and all of the knowledge that you have and all of your expertise. Maybe you've gone to uni and you've studied a few things and you know a lot of stuff. Your greatest asset is, has always been and will always be your energy. And wherever that is at, it's going to be a direct reflection of where your business is at. And if you're in a state of need, if you're in a state of scarcity, if you're in a state of there's lack of I need to grasp onto money and clients and customers, then that is going to be reflected back to you. Like we live in a holographic universe. So whatever is going on for you internally is mm -hmm. going to just be mirrored back to you in everything that you do. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. Mm. Um, I would love to have a chat with you about relationships. So you mentioned a moment ago um, that your doctor had even said to you that you'll never, you'll find it very difficult to yeah. fall in love again, which I find so fascinating. <laughs> I know. Where did he get that information? And then like from? implanted that belief, I am not lovable or I am mm. not worthy to receive love. Yes, and that love's going to be hard for you. It's going to be hard. Mm. And so when I experienced like love again there was this like attachment that I'm like I can't let this go because it's so rare because apparently this was not really even meant for me yeah and the thing is when that happens when we have a belief that I'm not worthy I'm not lovable we allow things to pass by that yeah. aren't in alignment with our beliefs, our values, and there might be a few red flags. Mm -hmm. So I was like kicking the red flags down. I was like, my beautiful husband is incredible and we're completely different. Mm -hmm. And so a version that he saw of myself, which I allowed in, and maybe one that was misleading because I was craving that love, was not the real woman that I am today. Yeah. Um, that I felt that I had to dim my sparkle so I could be loved. Mm -hmm. And we had a beautiful wedding and a beautiful marriage and like we're having a beautiful divorce <laughs> in this moment. And we have a lot of respect for each other. But what that has taught me was before going into any relationship, that I need to make sure that I'm being 100% true to myself, that I'm honoring myself and that our beliefs and our values don't have to exactly align, but, you know, they merge mm -hmm. and we can see the other person's vision and 
their intention and their love for what they do. Yeah. Um, so it's been, yeah, such a beautiful journey in that sense. And to go through this conscious uncoupling and to like the fact that we have been so misled that breakups are hard and challenging and cause they can be when there's a lot of, um, unconscious and conscious like things that play egos mm. come in and um the wounds come up the wounds they? and like, the shadows <clears throat> yeah it's never ending like you've got um <clears throat> i've learned that you've got this three different parts of your ego there's the child ego the child state ego the adult state ego and then the parent state ego and when we're going through those breakups a lot of the time because it's it's forcing us to be in such a vulnerable state, we go into, most of us, I can only speak from experience, I know for myself, I go into that child ego mm. state where the child is wounded, the child feels abandoned, the child feels like they're unlovable, the child yeah. just wants reassurance and just wants to be, you know, wants to know that they're safe. Yeah. And all of these things can be very destructive when done unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. When you were just saying that, I'm like, I've totally been in that child ego state. Um, yeah. And then like reflecting on this has been so liberating again, like one thing that is, would debilitate a lot of people like going through a divorce and like see, like being diagnosed with a mental illness, like bipolar. Like I look back now and I'm like, what a beautiful thing that has happened to me. Cause I have learned so much about myself and so much that I can also help and assist others because now I'm the embodiment because I've been through it. Yeah. So like, you know, even in the word break up, we're not breaking down, we're breaking up. We're like we're expanding in yes. both of us. We're expanding. I love that. Yeah. What a shift in perception. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So at the end of the day, words, actions, anything externally, the only reason why you have an emotional trigger to it is because you give it meaning. Then, mm. you know, you've given something a certain meaning you've given breakup a meaning of someone's abandoning me someone's leaving me i'm not loved i have a lack of i'm missing something in my life something's leaving me whereas if you can change your the meanings that you're attaching to words like break up if you're then attaching breakup expansion um growth mm -hmm. love um freedom yeah all of these empowering yeah. words that is then going to be the experience that you have. It's all just based around the meaning that you're attaching to these words and to these actions of other people. Mm, 100%. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so with this beautiful breakup, it's, it, it gave us, like, the opportunity to see each other. And we actually fell more in love through the separation. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like... By the end of it, we were like, hey, today's the day we're done and we're in our holistic counsellor's like, room and we're like hugging each other and holding each other's hands and we're like, we're, we're separating now, but like, I love you so much. Mm. Um, and it's not always easy. We've definitely been tested even still around this time. But when we come back to that, yeah, that loving place, it's like what we really want for that other person because there was a sense that you still... You, you had love for them once upon a time if you don't now mm -hmm. and to hold them in that highest regard. So yeah, it's been a beautiful lesson and I love, I love my life mm -hmm. <laughs> despite all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm like looking at like everything. I'm like, that's a lot. I think you're a lot. I'm 29 years old. Holy 
Dooley. Dooley. <laughs> but yeah, I can like proudly say that like from me experiencing all of these beautiful growing pains, it has made me the coach I am today, the retreat facilitator I am today, and just the woman I am today. And I'm so proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. Thanks, babe. Such a lie. <laughs> Um, so what's next for you in your business? Where's your business shifting to next? What's, what's really feeling potent for you to go down? Yeah. So with everything going on in the world, things have shifted. So my original plan that I had a few months ago is completely gone See you out. Later. Yeah. <laughs> and what I want in this moment right now is I want to empower as many people who feel stuck, alone, a little bit uncertain maybe fears of anxiety and all that stuff. I want to empower the, the masses of that. So I'm bringing everyone into a group program called Align. It's six weeks and it was 1500 It's only $222. It's crazy cheap. Woo! Yeah. So as many people and empowering them and then working one-on-one -on -one with leaders, with coaches who can then also lead groups of their own for the women who need it most and men who need it most mm -hmm. so one-on-one -on -one wise working coaches and um, other leaders and giving them the tools the confidence to really step up use their unique gifts in the world and just yeah just like really get the ball rolling and ideally i would love to launch my next retreats but who knows if we can yeah. even leave the country um but yeah i just literally want to have a lot of beautiful heart-centered conversations around like humanity at the time at this time as well and just really hold space for all like different levels of where people are at <coughs> um because there's just so many different pillars mm -hmm. there's the ones who are like whoa they're like i know a lot of shit and like i want to have those conversations and there's a lot of people who are like okay i'm starting to unravel what the truth is and i'm scared having those conversations and then there's people who might be in the dark and again having those conversations so for me that's really important um but yeah I'm moving to Byron and things are going to be shifting I'm so I, excited yeah you're, like Byron. you're just you're gonna be I'm just in your in your total jam there yeah so yeah injecting as much joy into my day as possible that's the goal yeah amazing sounds phenomenal can't wait to see what comes of what you create this for the rest of the year and i'd love like i'm just gonna tie what you just said your vision for the next steps in your business to something that you said earlier and that's that um uh, the the saying that you you reworded that you don't want to create lead you don't want to create followers you want to create leaders exactly that doing what you're doing is empowering others to step into their leadership which is my mission in life as well as to empower women to become leaders in their mm. life when you are when your when your mission is to create other leaders you then are just one domino in the whole thing you are not the you know the be all and end all you don't have all the answers for people what you what your purpose is and what you serve to do is to initiate other people into initiating other people into initiating other people and it becomes this big beautiful flow on effects mm. like you impact six people who impact six people who impact six people and before you know it, you've impacted a billion people yes. just by you being you and that i see is the new way of leadership mm. it's not like i lead you follow you do as i do it's i lead now you 
step into your leadership and now you lead and every single person, no matter if you're a, uh, you know, CEO of a billion dollar company or you are a personal development coach, an NLP coach, or you're a stay at home mom or you're a soccer teacher, a soccer mm -hmm. coach, like does not matter what you do in every single situation in your life, lollipop man, mm -hmm. you get to choose to be a leader every single day just yeah, by how you show up. Exactly. We, every single one of us is influential mm -hmm. and we can be influential for the right or the wrong reason. So you choose which side that you want to be on. Yes. Like him, just go the right side. Yeah. <laughs> like you look at it like um, uh, Adolf Hitler mm. and then um, someone like, It's hard to choose. Adolf Hitler, Tony Robbins. Mm. Do they both have huge influence? Yes. Have they both created massive movements in the world? Yes. Do they enroll people into their vision? Mm -hmm. Yes. Has one been for the greater good of humanity and has one been for destruction and conforming and... Um, you know, not nice. Mm. Yes. So your ability to lead, you then, once you step into your leadership, you then have responsibility to lead place, lead people in a place of love. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Leading with love. Yeah. How would you define, just last question before we wrap up, but how would you define a leader? What is a leader to you? A leader to me is someone who has, is authentic, mm -hmm. true to themselves um, uh, uh, I was like a leader is someone who like leads in love, but also a leader can be defined as so many others, but a leader in this sense is someone who leads with the pure intention of love for the greater good of humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, and who actually gives a fuck about what they're a stand for, mm -hmm. not just says it just because they want to be on the pedestal and be, be the leader but they actually deeply care and they check in with the people that are in the vision with them. That's mm -hmm. a true leader. A leader is someone who leads by demonstrating, mm. like being in the freaking arena, getting muddy, yes. you know, not just dictating, hey, you get in, you get in. It's like demonstrating. Yes. Yeah. Taking the arrows, taking the bullets, showing other people that it's safe, that it's okay. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Mm, I love it. What a juicy chat. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Um, where can people find you on your social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Nicola.ez, N-I-C-O-L-A-A-Y-R-E-S. I'll pop it in the show notes yeah. for anyone listening anyway. <laughs> and on <clears throat> Facebook, same name as well. Beautiful. Awesome. And your your um, program that you've coming up that you've got coming up when's that? Yeah, when's so my six-week program starts on the eleventh of May and it yeah, it starts on the eleventh of May. It's only two hundred and twenty-two dollars. We have additional calls leading up to that that date, but there's two calls a week, six um, expert coaches in total, some really like awesome coaches like Nicole Gibson, Holly as a party, um, Elle and Ella like all, all the cool peeps <laughs> and um, yeah, this is literally like a really beautiful low cost to get people in to feel inspired and empowered at this time. Amazing. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, And if you guys have enjoyed this podcast, go give Nikki a follow at her social media, on her social media accounts. You will not be disappointed with the love and joy and fun that she shares on her social media channels. And if you have enjoyed listening to this and the other podcasts, don't forget to hit subscribe would be much appreciated as this podcast is not monetized. So if you could show your love, show your support with a subscription and a review, that would be so deeply appreciated. Thank you guys so much. Have an awesome day. See you on the next episode of the Embodied Business Women's Podcast.